There we go. Genesis chapter 50. We've got Brother Don Martin with us from all the way from Lexington, Kentucky. We're thankful to have him. So, y'all can say hi in between services get to know him a little bit. Genesis 50. We're going to be looking at verses 22 through 26. And I thought for the time being, this will be our last message in Genesis. We'll be finished up. Maybe come back to it again. I look forward to maybe decades down the road going through it again. I'm entitled this, A Sure Visit. A Sure Visit. Here in verse 22, it says, And Joseph dwelt, Genesis 50, verse 22, And Joseph dwelt in Egypt, he and his father's house. And Joseph lived an hundred and ten years. And Joseph saw Ephraim's children of the third generation, the children also of Machir, the son of Manasseh, were brought up upon Joseph's knees. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I die, and God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land and to the land which he sware to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And Joseph took an oath of the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and you carry, shall carry up my bones from hence. So Joseph died, being a hundred and ten years old, and they embalmed him, and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. What are we reading here? Is this just the real quick end of this story of Joseph and Moses was just had writer's cramp and had to just get that last couple verses in. Because we had the, the story there of Jacob. We saw the burial of Jacob and then a long time, a good many while he saw the third generation. He saw some great grandchildren. And that's not even, all the things that took place aren't even mentioned. And it just says, well, Joseph said it's time for me to die. I'm going to die. God's going to visit you. And that's it. And they embalmed him and put his bones in a coffin. What are we reading? All throughout this book, as we've been looking at Joseph, he's been just a great type of Christ in many ways. We can't find anything bad to say about him. This man had an incredible life. I mean, not just as a believer of of stories of what the Lord brought him through and what the Lord taught him and how the Lord used everything around him to keep him and prove his word. Not just those things, just as a human. Just as a human, you bumped into people just have they've seen a lot and done a lot, and they got a good story, don't they? Have an incredible life. Joseph was the favorite son. He was the firstborn of that loved wife. That, that, that bride that his father loved. He was the firstborn of her. So much so the favorite that he was made a coat of many colors. What a beautiful thing that is. He was a dreamer of dreams. He had he had these visions at night. The Lord had given him, but his brethren bowing down to him, making obeisance. That didn't make him happy. But it was so, God gave him a dream. Mommy and daddy was okay with that. And then he said, well, I have another dream. The sun and the moon's going to bow down to me. And they said, wait, that's us. <laughs> they didn't like that either, did they? He was sold into slavery because of this, because of this hatred by his brethren. Sold to another country, given another name, given another language, given another culture to learn. Never complain. He's put in the house of 
Potiphar. And he withstood all that temptation of Potiphar's wife because he believed God. And he would not bow. And so, and so he's cast into prison on, because of that, on, on trumped up charges, on lies. And while he was in that prison, he interpreted the dreams of someone else. It was a butler and a baker. What? A baker, he made things of his hands. And he, he produced something. And he said, Pharaoh's going to have your head. But that butler, the servant, the one who just served, just took out the garbage, just cleaned, cleaned the floors. He said, you're going you're to get everything back and then some. <laughs> Don't forget me. And then they forgot him. Everything he said come to pass because he believed God and the Lord had gifted this man. And, and, and that, that butler went back to where he was and forgot him. He didn't complain. He didn't whine. And then finally, Pharaoh had a dream. And then that butler remembered and said, Hey, I know a fellow. A couple years later, what long time sitting in a jail cell. He said, Let's get Joseph. So they brought Joseph up. And Joseph interpreted the dream of the king. He said, Let me tell you what that means. You're going to have seven years of famine. It's going to be bad. But before that, you're going to have seven years of plenty. So we're going to put back. And then everybody's going to have to come to us. That's what's going to happen. He said, that's wonderful. You're in charge of everything. And so for seven long years, Joseph ran the whole country. He's the boss. And then the famine came. And he's still the boss. Nothing's changed. But if you're going to eat, you have to go to Joseph. If you're going to live, you have to come and ask Joseph for bread. Boy, what a picture. What a picture. He believed God. He believed God in the interpretation that God gave him. And he faced that king and told him the bad news that that king didn't want to hear. And he provided for everybody. And his brethren came out of necessity. And boy, he provided for his brethren, didn't he? He provided for his whole family. And through this process of gently revealing to them what they had done and being tender to them and not killing them and, 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 but being kind and weeping for them, he brought, his, and through his provision, the wagons that he sent and the message that he sent, so you say exactly what I said. I'm going to bring my whole family back. You bring my father too. And I'm going to put you right in the land of Goshen in the very best pot of land you can get. And everything's going to be provided for you. Gave him a king's return. And then Joseph, uh, Jacob died. Years later, Jacob lived and died and they had a king's burial for him. The whole country shut down. Long time, a couple months to honor this man of God. He wept for him. And then his brother said, well, now that daddy's dead, you're going to kill us. He wept for him again. He said, what's wrong with you? You meant all this for evil. That's true. God meant it for good. Oh, what faith to have. Leaving what the Lord would do. And he dies after this compassion that remains steadfast for his brethren the whole time. He dies speaking of the exodus. He said, I'm going home to God, but God will surely visit you. But you get my bones out of here. You get my bones out of here. Out of 13 chapters, there's 50 chapters in Genesis. 13 chapters mention Joseph. Have something to do concerning Joseph. Now, out of, I just skimmed off over the top. Out of all those things, which one would I pick if I wanted to really show the faith of Joseph? If I wanted to show the faith of a believer. Everybody talks about faith, don't they? Everybody, well, my faith and this faith and I had faith and I didn't have faith. And 
this perfect, just wonderful picture of Christ, which would I choose if I wanted to exemplify a believer's faith? God-given faith. Turn over to Hebrews 11 with me. It don't matter what I think. <laughs> it don't matter what I think. <clears throat> Turn over to Hebrews 11. Here's what the Holy Ghost moved the writer of Hebrews to speak concerning the faith of Joseph. Hebrews 11, verse 21. We looked at this before. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning upon the top of his staff. Do you remember that? Whenever he blessed those sons of Joseph? And then he went on to bless his sons. And he said, every one of y'all is wicked, except Judah. <laughs> what? That's rough, isn't it? No, that's, that's a great act of faith. To, to tell mankind the truth about mankind. And to tell mankind the truth about God that the elder will serve the younger. He's preaching Christ to them, wasn't he? Here in verse 22. By faith, Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. This, this man's 110 years of, of a... Walking, born into a family that believed God, grew up with a family that believed God. The Lord revealed Himself to him. It just was a picture of Christ a hundred different ways. And God records in His precious Word for us. I'm going to tell you about the faith of Joseph. When he died, he made mention of the departing of the children of Israel. That's one. And he gave commandment concerning his bones. That don't sound like 110 years worth of living, does it? <laughs> God says that's the best part. He said this is precious. This is precious. Of all the things to display the faith of Joseph, this is what the Lord was pleased to mention. Now, instead of looking at this like it's a math problem, let's, let's ask God to teach us something in it. Let's learn from this. Not just sit back and admire, but Lord, teach us in this. It says, by faith... Joseph, when he died, he made mention of the departing. That word departing in Greek is spelled E-X-O-D-O-S. We spell it U-S. Exodus. He made mention of the exodus of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. How would he, would speaking of, of the exodus, because that wasn't going to happen when Joseph said this, another 430 years. And, and commanding his bones to be taken back to Canaan. How could that be an extraordinary, extraordinary act of faith? The event in life that's remembered and spoken of for ages to come, and we're talking about this morning. How could that be? Let me ask this question first before we see what the Scriptures say. What is faith? What is faith? It's a gift of God. We know that. The Lord has to give faith. But what is it actually? People talk about it all the time. Well, you got to have faith. Okay. Where do I get it? Well, it's a gift of God. Okay. Well, what is it? Ain't that important? I want the young people in this building. 
as the Lord gives us the, the privilege of having young people around us, I want them to be able to answer this question. This is not complicated. There is not a theological dissertation that needs to be taken in a three-part course to explain what this is. What is faith? What is God-given faith? It's this simple. It's believing God. It's believing what He says. About what? Whatever He says. I believe what He says about me. There's none good. No, not one. I was talking to my pastor yesterday about apologetics and and I used to just sit and talk and talk and talk and talk and argue and plead. And it was, I was in laundry rooms and I was in living rooms and I was everywhere else. And, and I mean, a, a thousand times I fought the doctrines of grace and I was an apologetic because I wouldn't apologize to nobody. <laughs> I was right. That's the problem. And then God saved me. All that stuff that wasn't the preaching of the gospel, it profited absolutely Zero times. It was not profitable. If you get in my living room, well, let's pull the Scriptures out and let's talk about this. This is not a discussion. This is a declaration. A discussion won't do anything but encourage debate. The Gospel is to be declared. And it took me a a decade for the Lord to teach me slowly that that's how He saves sinners because you know why? That's what He says He's going to do. By the foolishness of preaching, some sinner... We'll see next hour, just a, a, the worthless of the worthless, the head harlot in town, the leper, is going to find where bread is, and he's going to go tell other people and say, there's bread out there, and it ain't my business if they eat it. I hope they do, but I'm just going to eat the bread and say, well, I told you, I hope you listen. <laughs> One beggar telling another beggar where he found bread. That's it. That's it. And faith believes what God says. I wasn't looking for him, he found me. He wasn't lost. I didn't figure this out. I didn't come to the knowledge of the doctrines of grace. God revealed Christ to me and in me. I didn't pick the right church. I was the sinner and God saved me. Because that's what His Word says. I was an infant in a field covered in my own blood and nobody wanted me. They didn't have the common courtesy to kill me. They threw me out in the woods. And he came by and he put his robe over me. And he had compassion on me. And he had pity on me. And he clothed me and adorned me. And he keeps me. Because that's what he says. And because of all that, he gets all the glory. And I believe that because that's what he says. It's just believing what he says. People get mad. I've lost a lot of friends because telling people, well, that's what God says. And people don't want to hear it. Make my job make them here. That's Lord's business, isn't it? It's, faith is not believing in God. The devils believe in God. It's not believing there's one God. They tremble. It's not believing things about Him, but believing Him. His Word, His promises, and His work. And His work's sufficient. He did it all, and it's all done. It's all finished, and it's all glorious. It's magnificent. And we just got to wait till the end. We just got to ride time out. Ain't got no other choice. We don't understand it all the time. There's things I read in this scripture, I have no idea what it means. And I don't know what I don't know. There's things I think I know, and I got a little bit of understanding. I see through a glass dimly, and then in 10, 15 years, I'll read that again. I say, well, that's what that means. The more I read, the more the Lord shows me, the more I understand I don't know nothing. 
but I believe him. It may not be the total understanding, but my explaining it isn't conditional to this. It's not my experience of it. It's just believing him. I don't have to go through these things. I just believe that's what he said. I believe God. That's called saving faith. Saving faith. Joseph spoke. It says in Hebrews 11, verse 22, By faith, Joseph, when he died, made mention of the exodus, of the departing, of the children of Israel. He just made mention. <laughs> the Lord's going to bring His people out. That's it. That's, it. That's extraordinary faith. What? Well, so simple. What does that mean? Uh, there's a covenant made. And it's God's covenant to an undeserving people. Turn back to Genesis 15. Genesis 15. This is the Lord speaking to a man named Abram. He's about to change his name to Abraham. Genesis 15, verse 12. And when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and lo, and horror of great darkness fell upon him. He wasn't clicking his heels and doing cartwheels and singing, Oh, how I love Jesus. Lord got him down low. You ought not talk about those things. Why not? That's what God does. That's His Word. I ought not be afraid to tell what God says. He got him down in darkness. And He said unto Abram, verse 13, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in the land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them four hundred years. This is going to happen, Abraham. And also that nation whom they serve shall serve will I judge. And afterward they shall come out with great substance. And thou shalt go to thy fathers in peace. Thou shalt be buried in a good old age. The Lord told Abraham. He told him and said, go outside and look up. You count those stars? That's how your seed, singular, shall be. And Abraham believed God. He was old and didn't have a child yet. <laughs> His wife was old, wasn't able to have children. But he believed. He said, well, I don't know how this is going to take place. And he said, take your son, your only son, the one you love. Take him up that hill and you kill him. Isaac said, Daddy, we got the fire, we got the wood, we got all these things, we're going to worship God. Where's the lamb? God will provide himself a lamb. How? <laughs> I can kill you and he'll bring you back. I don't know what he's going to do. I have no idea, son. But it's going to happen because I believe him. I believe what he said. How did Joseph know to tell about this exodus? About this 400 years and the Lord's going to bring you out. He's going to judge that people that was mean to you. His great-grandpa, Abraham, told his grandpa. And his grandpa told his dad. And his dad told Joseph. Now what's our responsibility? that the Lord so clearly lays out all throughout the Proverbs and everything else. He said, do you take this Passover? The Passover took place at the end of that exodus, wasn't it? And, and the Lord said, you're going to honor the feast of the Passover and you're going to keep this. And I'm going to tell you the reason you're going to keep this. It's a token. It ain't that this feast does something. This is the, not the Jews' Passover. This is the Lord's Passover. He said, you're going to do this. For the sole purpose, when your children say, Daddy, why are we doing this? And you say, God's faithful to bring His children out, son. 
But it had to take something innocent without spot or blemish to die and shed blood. And we didn't have to see it. God had to see it because it's the lamb that He provided. Something's got to die for you to live. And spiritually, that something is the Lord Jesus Christ. He had to come and die for us. And, and that sacrifice, that mercy seat had to be accepted to God or you're going to die and go to hell forever. Now cry to Him. The Lord said that's the whole reason we got to pass on. Tell your children about it. And so what's, what's Joseph doing? He's telling his brethren, remember, they'd heard it too, but they probably forgot. Remember? Remember? Most translations, get you, your pastor tells you to get you a King James Version Bible. Don't get nothing else. Don't get enough commentary in it. That's what I'm here for. Lord be with us. Um, but there's sometimes I'll look through other amplified versions or whatever, and most of the time it's absolutely terrible, and it's blasphemous. It's not an error. It is heresy. There's a difference. Sometimes, some, a broke crock will be right twice a day, won't it? Sometimes they hit the nail on the head. I love Isaiah 62, verse 6. There's an American standard version. reads this, I've set watchmen upon thy walls, O Jerusalem. They shall never hold their peace day nor night. Ye that are Jehovah's remembrancers. Jehovah's, God's remembrancers. It just says, you just tell what He said. Remember? Remember what the Lord said? I forgot. Me too. And I can go look it up. Remember what the Lord said? We ain't coming up with nothing new. That's what the Lord's prophets do. They just say what the Lord said. They didn't say what they said. That's what His ambassadors do now. His preachers in this day, if they're His people, they speak according to this word. And they just tell you what the Lord says. What was Joseph doing? Just saying what God said. He's going to visit His people. He'll bring you out. And whenever that happens, you get my bones out of here. Take my bones with you. What, what is that covenant going to accomplish that he made with Abraham at Joseph's telling? Look back in Genesis 50, verse 24. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I die, and God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land into a land which he sware to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. What's he going to do? Bring you out of Egypt. Out of Egypt. When the scriptures that speaks of those two witnesses that they fall in the street, uh, they're, they're witnessing what the Lord has, and when they're done with that witness, they're going to fall in the street and their bodies are going to be left in the street. It says in Revelation 11, Their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and, we think Gomorrah. No, Sodom and Egypt. Revelation 11, verse 8. Egypt. Where also our Lord was crucified. That, that's this whole old nature. That's this whole old world. Every bit of it. That's Egypt. That, that's us in religion or us in, the, in the, the prostitution place or us in the drug house. It don't make a difference. It's us outside of Christ. We'll see you next hour. It's death and destruction. That's what Egypt is. And the Lord shall surely visit His people and bring His people out of Egypt. God's going to save His people. What? Yeah. That's an amazing statement of faith. That's the truth, isn't it? The Lord shall surely bring us out of Egypt. Now that, that's, not, that's a three-letter word, isn't it? Out. What's out mean? It means not in. 
Did the Lord bring us out of the way we used to think? That's called repentance. Gave us a new way of seeing things. We turn from ourselves and turn to Him. Right? To turn from something is to turn to something. Now pay attention to me. Don't let me lose you. He brought us out. Does that mean we stay half in and half out? No, He brought us out. Does that mean He brought us out, but I still have fellowship with those that's in? No, He brought us out. You know what I'm saying? I know it seems overly simple, but God has to teach these things. We're not, we're not half in the ark and half in the water. <laughs> he brought us into the ark. Come, you and your whole family. And He sealed us in there. We're pitched within and without. We're inside of Christ. Not halfway. It's yes or no. That's important. He t- brings us out of Egypt, out of religion, of man worship, whether it's in church or on a bass boat, it don't make a difference. And, and He will surely do this. Those are his, are his Israel. Those that are sons of Jacob, it's going to happen. Period. Take it to the bank. This is an old gospel. Did you know that? Joseph ain't saying nothing that Joseph Murphy down in Texas ain't saying this morning. <laughs> Joseph here ain't saying nothing. Make a list. Paul Mahan, my pastor, and, and, and your pastor. Ain't nothing new. God's going to do this. He was pleased to do it. He has a people, and He's going to save them. That's it. That's, 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 the, that's an old gospel. Brother Fortner said that one time. He said, I'm, I'm not a Protestant. I didn't, this wasn't born, my religion is not Protestant religion, it wasn't born out of the Catholic Church. And he said, I'm not reformed. He said, there's never been anything to improve on from Adam. When the Lord slew a lamb and covered Adam and Eve, that's been the gospel from then until now. There ain't nothing to make better. We weren't born out of something else, we're born of God. Joseph's telling the same thing, same thing. Well, how's this going to happen? If, if, if the Lord spoke this and He's going to visit us and we're Egypt and in Egypt, He's got to bring us out of Egypt. He's going to have to surely visit us. Look here in verse 24. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I die, and God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land unto the land which He sware to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And Joseph took an oath of the children of Israel saying, God will surely visit you. He says it twice. Here's the oath to take. God will surely visit the sons of Jacob. Hands down. Well, hold on now. They still got 430 years or 386 years or however many years. A whole bunch of years. These 11 brothers ain't going to be alive. They're going to physically die. They ain't going to see that. They can't take his bones out. Their bones are going to be bones too. That's not what Joseph's talking about, is it? He's talking about a divine visitation. God shall surely visit the sons of Jacob. Not everybody. Sinners. Sinners. He came into the world to save sinners. Call His name Jesus for He shall save His people from, you're going to save from something, their sin. That's what it's come to do. And that, when did that divine visitation first take place? Way before time before it was ever possible for us to get visited. Do you know that? The Lord looked on His people and He said, I know my thoughts towards you. That's what He told Abraham. He said, I'll establish my covenant between me and thee. Who's going to establish this covenant of visitation? God is. Between thy seed 
after thee and their generations for an everlasting covenant. That's infinite. That means it always has been and shall always be. There's, we can't enter into that. Go to a math class and then try to write a 10-page paper on infinity. You'll go crazy. Our brains can't comprehend it. There's not words to describe it. It's an everlasting covenant. That's what Peter said, For as much as ye know that you're not redeemed with corruptible things of silver and gold, from your vain conversations received by tradition of your fathers, but you're redeemed with the precious blood of Christ, as a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained. That visitation, the, the, the premise on which this is right, was foreordained before the world was and was manifested in these last times for you. What's that mean? He came. Todd, Todd read a scripture and he said, I got to think, he said, I wrote that down in my notes and I thought, man, I don't think they get tired of hearing this. And he said, I don't get tired of reading it. He said, if they get tired of it, it's your fault. <laughs> he said, that's your problem, ain't mine. That's precious. This is wonderful. Before time, before this world was, there was an everlasting covenant. And then in time, Christ came to this earth. He, he was bone of our bone and flesh of our flesh, born of a woman like me. And he lived for his people and, and, he, and he bore out wrath for his people and he died for his people and he was risen again for his people and he intercedes for his people right now. And then, that was 2,000 years ago. I wasn't born yet. I still wasn't on the scene. And then for us and our generation, the people I'm, we're to preach to, he comes in the Holy Spirit and visits us and he shall surely. But he ain't going to miss one. <laughs> and abounds towards us and reveals all these things. And what we are and the Egypt that we are and the glory of His person and His work and our love of Him because He first loved us and our need of Him because we're needy sinners and we're, we're great sinners and we have a great Savior. And He reveals all this stuff to us. And He shall visit His people. It's going to happen. If He takes my tongue out of my throat, He'll raise up a stone or a, a jawbone of an ass to talk to Him. He'll do anything He wants. It's going to happen. That gives me confidence. I can't mess it up. I can't mess it up. That's my worry, isn't it? When that Holy Spirit comes and visits us, that's what happened to Sarah in Genesis 17. Remember she laughed? The Lord said, she's going to have a baby. Told Abraham, she laughed. He said, why is she laughing? <laughs> she laughed again afterwards. She said, Lord's made me delight. She's laughing out of this isn't possible. And then by the end, because she was His, it says, God <clears throat> said to Sarah, said, thou, Sarah thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and his seed after him. That was the promise. Life was going to be in Sarah. What happened? Genesis 21, And the Lord visited Sarah. He visited. You reckon he just happened to use the same word? I don't think so. He visited. And he said, The Lord said unto Sarah, as he had spoken. And Sarah conceived to bear Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken to him. Why is all that right? How could it be that the Lord would be pleased to save a people as an unworthy people and, and bring us out of such things? Not halfway, out from one thing to another. How could that be just? How can God be a just God and a Savior? That's important.
the legitimacy of this gospel is important. It ain't just that it happens to be good news. This has got to be holy. Holy. There in Genesis 50, verse 24. Here's the ticket. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I die. How is it going to be? And. You see that colon? And. What come first? His death. Joseph said, I die. And God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land into the lands which He swore to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob. He said, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and to Jacob. And because Christ, who Joseph pictures, died, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. You know, the man Joseph, not the picture Joseph, the man Joseph, he wasn't born in Egypt. Did you know that? He was brought to Egypt, but he wasn't born there. He was born in Canaan. He said, you take my bones back and you bury me at home. Child of God, you physically were born here, but that new creation in you, it ain't from here. It ain't from this dirt. It ain't from, from Adam. That's born of God. That's a new creation. That's from above. It, that faith that comes with it, that's from above. Turn over to 2 Corinthians. I'll let you go. 2 Corinthians 5. Verse 17. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself, by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto Himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, just as Joseph was. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. How could that be? For He hath made Him sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Abraham didn't understand how it could be that he's going to have this great nation. But it was so he believed God. Joseph didn't understand how 400 years from now his bones are going to come out of there and the Lord's going to bring in people out of, uh, out of Egypt through the Exodus. But he believed God because God said so. You understand that. The Lord said, There's therefore now no condemnation. You are righteous and holy. It sure don't look like it, does it? And it sure don't feel like it, but He said so. You know what that's called? Great faith. Great faith. Ain't complicated, but it's great because God gave it. That's why it's great. Let's pray together. Father, thank You for this Word. Lord, thank You for this everlasting covenant You made in Your Son for an unworthy people. Thank You for visiting us, Lord, and revealing Christ to us and who He is and what He did. And We know You shall save Your people, Lord, but we, we ask 
that you save you people. Use us to simply tell the gospel. To proclaim where we found bread and what the Lord did for us. Forgive us for what we are, Lord. Forgive us our unbelief. and Be with our brethren that aren't here with us and our brethren all throughout this world, Lord. There's so many in trial and heavy burden that you sent. and Give them comfort. It's because of Christ we ask it. Amen. All right, we'll take about a 10-minute break. Meet back.